Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, film lovers. New listeners and old listeners, welcome to the irreverent chat about film. Is that how you describe this? I guess so. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to describe it as a review show, even though it seems to have become that. What we do normally <laughs> over the months is we pick a couple of films and talk about them uh, that we've seen. Normally, a cinema release and an older film. And read out your emails, and then in a stupid voice. That's what's going to happen. That's pretty much it. Just to uh, deal with your expectations there. Uh, we've seen films, uh, as per usual. But, but before we talk yeah. about those, there's been the biggest event in cinema. Yes, the Oscars. Um, which, if you're in the UK, as we are, it's almost impossible to watch. Um, and if you're in America, where it's on, it's it's pretty impossible to watch as well. I mean, it's an intolerable spectacle. Is it difficult for them to watch in... Oh, if you actually watch... It's just it. difficult to watch, you know. I mean, it's it's not entertaining. <laughs> it's pretty boring. It's and lot, it goes on for about five hours. It's a lot of forced smiles. Yeah, yeah. It can't be fun sitting in the first five rows, knowing you're going to get picked on, and having to do that sort of laugh and smile mm. to everything. You can see, it's, but they look like they're bad actors when they're doing that fake smile. Yeah, well, the, uh, the weird thing is, what everyone in that room, what they don't do is theatre entertainment. But that's what they're forced to do, <laughs> you know, do little skits and songs. And they're just like, oh, this is just awkward. It's always sort of musical numbers and stuff. It's just like, this is, oh, it just makes me cringe. It feels like comic relief, you know, where it's got... It's a big spectacle that's supposed to be funny, but just isn't. And I hate when actors cry. Do you? It's just almost like my huge ego has finally been satisfied. <laughs> um, <laughs> the director of uh, Birdman said something great um, in her article. What's his name? Uh, in your um, That each, when he won the best director, said that each film, or he won the best film, would be judged on over time rather than now which is which is true yeah. yeah yeah I really liked him I thought it was good so let's just talk about uh, the winners we do a competition every year to win well we've done it the last two years yeah to win a, a, stif- a certificate a, a, a limited edition to one or two if there are two winners or three if there's three to some uh, for the winner but this year no winners the- so it's going to be a rollover year 
So next year, the winner will get two certificates. No winners. No, uh, yeah, probably no about winners. 30 or 40 people wrote in. We I got think. it wrong. We both got it wrong. Who, who let you down on I, the night? I, did, I went for ones I liked rather than the ones I uh, I thought win. And I, cause I went to... Uh, there's Buddy the dog, for everyone in the background. Uh, Felicity Jones, I thought she'd win Best Actress, but it went to... Patricia Ju- Arquette. Uh, no, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, sorry. Patricia Arquette won Best Supporting. Um, and yes. Eddie Redmayne got it when I thought she'd win Michael Keaton. So Michael Keaton let us both down. Yeah. And... Um, uh, who else? Let, no, that that was that the only. No, I got another one wrong. You got you went for Julianne Moore. Yes, who won? But I, and then you went for the uh, Richard Linklater of or or Boyhood's Best Director. That's a Boyhood for Best Film. That's it. So um, let's just quickly go over the winners. Yeah, uh, uh, Birdman won Best Picture, and uh, Inarritu won Best Director as well. Eddie Redmayne Best Actor, Julianne Moore Best Actress. Um, J.K. Simmons as everyone thought best supporting actor Patricia Arquette best, best supporting actress and there's not many surprises in there really it's just picking which there were a couple of people who it's either this one or that one the, you know it, and it always it was, went to one of those two every time didn't it I mean what what were the other categories the stuff we've not talked about before well best foreign film you saw Ida won Ida won that. yeah fantastic it was really good you saw Leviathan didn't you which was up for up yeah for that it was as well. an interesting film uh, we've had, I put on our Facebook page a reaction so finally we get to hear what you lot thought of the the Oscars which is probably more interesting than what I think let's have a little read of them now um, Stephen Richard Smith says I thought Boyhood was snubbed. The Oscars clearly reward showy films. Not modest, but still important. Uh, Chris Webb said, I thought the Oscar winners were really predictable. Sam, I didn't predict them. Ben Thomas Hyten said, I didn't love Birdman, but I liked it a lot more than Boyhood. So it's a win of sorts. Whiplash, Foxcatcher and Nightcrawler are still superior films. And the best actor race was Bullshit by no virtue of Oyelowo Vines or Gillenhall. That said, the show itself was the best in years. Well, I, I can't speak for that. I didn't I didn't see it because I find them tedious. But maybe maybe I was wrong this year. Which one am I looking at? Um, Andy McGregor says, "Blimey, really? That was a firm, accurate kick in the giblets for Boyhood." Uh, Simon Skulltalk says. I were close. I got all the actors right, and at least mentioned Berman as being a spectacular job. And Ewan McGinnis says, "Actors like films about acting." The same voice there. Do it, one. do it. Um, there's a couple more things people wrote. Uh, Emma Samadizia Yabududu. <laughs> I have no idea how you say your name, Emma. Uh, it says, "I'm really sad for Boyhood. I really thought it deserved Best Director." Uh, well, um, I agree. Um, uh, Sam Clack, great name, great name, Sam. He says, "Happy that Birdman won big. It's a masterclass in movie making and packed with outstanding performances." So that's what you thought. Um, personally, I thought uh, a lot of people saying that Boyhood should have won. I, my subjective opinion. Is I much prefer Birdman. I think Birdman is a better film. I thought that the endeavour 
of well, both actually both Birdman and Boyhood should be commended for the director's endeavour. One for the longevity of it taking twelve years to accomplish and to stick with that and create a piece that works so well, but also with Birdman to do the whole thing as one take, where even though you know they they uh, they papered over the gaps, um, you know, with CG or whatever, they did fifteen pages at a time at certain times. So the performances they get out of that and just bothering to do that is is again for a director really difficult. So I thought it's a shame Boyhood got got very little, you know. Well, but, but still being nominated is good enough. And I think yeah. Boyhood. The main problem with Boyhood is that the main actor grew up to be more and more of a penis. <laughs> it's gradually someone evolving into a dickhead. And well, we, can't we left him at that sort of thinks they know everything but knows nothing stage of his life, didn't we? So I preferred the first half I found more interesting than the, than the second yeah, half yeah. and it was carried by Patricia Roquette and... Ethan Hall. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it must be frustrating with these films. It all depends what year you come out on. Because I think this year it's been a a really great competition because Argo mm. won was it Argo last year or year before I can't remember yeah. and that's not as good as uh, Boyhood no. um, Whiplash uh, or Birdman or quite, I think there's at least half the list which I think is a much better film have you seen Nightcrawler I'm waiting for Nightcrawler to be released of, to, for rental it's the only film I missed out on last you year you can get it streaming but it's still like a tenner uh, which is stupid. March the 2nd, it's out for rental, so I'm okay. going to be watching it then. Yeah, yeah, me too. We, me too. We can talk about that another week. Um, yes. Uh, animated film. Do you, do you have the results of there? What won Best Animated after the controversy of Lego not being nominated? Uh, Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6, okay. Which okay. my nephew, who is three years old, mm. enjoyed. That's good to know. But Three. it is the first film he's ever seen in the cinema, so I, I would not trust him as a reviewer. I think it would be incredible for a three-year-old to go to the cinema for the first time and not be impressed. He was like, I can take it or leave it. That wasn't for me. He was scared first of all. Yeah, I want to go home, and then he wanted. To, then he wanted to stay. So big hero six, but he's got a sticker book. Yeah, and his favourite character, worryingly, yeah, is the evil villain. Oh. So he's going to grow up to be a psychopath. Okay, good, good. Well, as long as we've got him defined already, that's good. Watch this space here. (laughs) For more news of marriage. In approximately 30 years' time, there will be a a mass murderer with the surname of Larwood, and you'll think, oh, I want to listen to a podcast with some... And I thought that bloke was a bit weird, so I'm not surprised. (laughs) Um, Big Hero 6 is probably the first superhero film to win an Oscar that's a good point yeah purely because Lego got ripped off I was thinking about Lego do we think it got snubbed because however entertaining it may be it is at the end of the day a product shilling movie it's named after a you know a toy you could buy like it's not in in its conception it is no uh, better than Transformers, you know. But they, you could say they're all like that the other way around. Like films are such marketing. All kids' films and Disney films, yeah, you know. You're right. They are all toy yeah. things. Since uh, apparently, since Batman, or maybe it's Star Wars. Probably. What actually. was the first Disney film when it really got in the whole McDonald's thing? Oh, I don't know. I do know that Lucas made serious headway in terms of maintain uh, keeping the uh, merchandising rights for himself. 
because that's where he would make all of his money. Star Wars was the yeah, biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, getting those old Star Wars packs and looking at the back. And the, the genius bit of putting all the figures you could get on the back. Yeah. So, so you, you wanted to collect them. It's what they did with Asterix books on the back. Every issue was, uh, the cover was on the back, so you wanted to get them all. Kids love that. I'm going to I'm gonna start putting pictures of, of different parts of my body on, on my back. Why do you want people to collect parts of your body? Well, that's a bad idea, isn't it's it? It's a terrible idea. There's some semblance of an idea in there. Yeah, hold about, on to it, but don't don't run with it just yet. I think you need to... Think about it. Yeah. Here's a good motto. Think about things before you say them out loud. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. I hope everyone pays attention to that in 2015. I'm glad uh, the Oscars this year had a moral. Um... We've seen some movies, haven't we? Yes, we have seen it. Um, do you want to talk about yours first? Sure. I went to see a film I have been meaning to see for a while. It's still out in some cinemas. It is The Babadook, um, which is a horror film that got some attention by people for saying it's actually, you know, a new good one rather than just carbon copies of the others. You've mentioned it briefly, but we haven't discussed yeah, it properly. Yeah, I saw it last, yeah, yeah, a few weeks ago, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Uh, for people who uh, do not know the setup of this, it is about a uh, a mother, um, a widow, uh, bringing up her young child alone, and the stresses of that because he because of the death of his father, her husband, he's he's become a bit of a problem child, and she's not coping very well. Is the setup of the thing? They're just rattling around this, um, you know, this uh, drafty house together. Um, and it's New Zealand. Is it, is it uh, Australian or New yeah, Zealand? Yeah, so the director was basically it was a short film, first of all, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, the new, everyone's saying this is a new great horror director, um, uh, and it's good because it's nice to have a, a, a female director in something, and it's do, uh, doing something. It's Jennifer Kent who wrote it as well. I think it was a short that went on to get funding for to be a. a a feature film. Yeah, yeah, which is what it is in in every sense. Um I thought it was excellent. You Did know. you find it scary? Yeah. As scary as Buddy drinking water in the background. <laughs> but Buddy died years ago. It's more of a psychological thing than a horror, really, isn't it? Yes. It's it about is. madness, I suppose. And it is, and and the uh it's not even an allegory for something really, it is just about so I mean I don't want to give things away, but it, it's it's about it's about mental health and it, it's a it's it's a very contemporary story. Therefore, it, it, it's a story that hasn't been covered by the horror genre, you know, in the same way before. Do you mean they should have called it "Kids Will Drive You Mental"? <laughs> mental love. Oh, my kids drive me absolutely round the bend. I thought it was excellently um, written in the and just delivered in the way that. You are starting to hate the kid as well by about you know the, in the first third or by about the halfway point. Just like oh my god, he's a really good, brilliant kid. I mean, there's much, you can count on your hand how many kids actually make the film better rather than just ruin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's uh, the, the Babadook itself is is refers to a monster in a book that uh, they find on a shelf that they didn't know they had, and she. Um, accidentally, I suppose, reads him this story and it terrifies him and gives him nightmares. And it's but the backstory is that she's sort of lost her husband, hasn't she? To yes, a car accident. She, yeah, and she's having to bring up this kid who's pretty much an arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you like that as a uh, as a kid? No, I was really well behaved. If anything, 
I've become more like him now of, of an arsehole now yeah me too me too I was very well behaved and um, I, I think kids today aren't very well behaved a lot of them are, I don't know there were a fair few kids in my day who weren't very well behaved either bring back smacking and all that stuff yeah smacking kicking locking in cupboards under the stairs murder that's the problem is that a lot of people um, live in flats now and so smaller there's no, so there's no cupboard under the stairs to lock bungalows. the bungalows what do you do in a bungalow you're supposed to lock the child to discipline them there's no basement there's no loft there's no stairs when I'm looking for the house plans I want at least one nicely time siren I want at least one room for discipline discipline yeah, yeah. Should we yeah, call yeah, the discipline yeah. room? And then when your child grows up and leaves home, sex room. No, just make it into a, not an office or just a cutlery uh, weapons room. <laughs> cutlery and weapons room. That cutlery makes sense. and weapons. They've all both got to be kept clean. That's very true. That's very true. Have you ever been to a house with a gun room? No, I just think anyone who's got guns is really weird. Well, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, a farmer. But, yeah. Anyway, it's a weird thing. I've been to a house with a uh, gun room safe behind a hidden bookcase. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can you say it sounds like some sort of uh, secret agent person? No, no, it's just, you know, someone who lives in the country. Really rich, though, are they? Yeah. <laughs> You've got to have a certain money to have gun in your gun in your house. Hey, I think I'd go for a hidden bookcase first, and then gun room, you know, even if I want, you know. Don't really need one. Wow. Yeah. Um, Back to the Babadook. The Babadook. The Babadook. Um, no, I've read lots of reviews of it, and the one in, it has split people a bit. I think as any film that gets hyped will split people because people feel the need to go. Well, I didn't think it was that good. I mean, the hype of this was, I think, mostly uh, earned, and it also needed the hype because it clearly wasn't a massive film that had a huge promotions budget so it, it was one of those that word of mouth did very good for well, it was, it, it's the Halloween film yeah. and I don't think it's just, and every year however the powers are, the distributors obviously go right we need to put two or three films out yeah. to make money but compared, and it's not really a, it's more of a psychological sort of breakdown film yeah. that has that would fit their they've made into because they were marketing it as this sort of the Babadook being this monster and I think they sort of almost changed it a bit in the marketing to try and yeah. boost I sales I think you'd get a bit and that's you might people, be disappointed if you're expecting a monster and I, I think that's the thing I think a lot of people I know went to see it at Halloween yeah. let's go and see this as this really scary film and is it that is it a terrifying film so many reviews I've read completely missed the entire point of it mm. you know they're just going well, why did the Babadook do this or the Babadook do that? You're just like, no, the, the Babadook isn't yeah. isn't real. That's not you. You do know what this is about, right? And you know the people reviewing it just as a monster movie. Uh, just have completely missed. You know what? But that's what's interesting. I think how films get sort of warped to fit the marketing. Yeah. Of these of these companies, I and then it and they get. You know, obviously it's made helped it make a low, low money, but people reviewed it quite badly. People reviewed it badly. I think we're going thinking yeah. they're the preconception of another film. So, so actually, you know, they they were pissed off with the marketing people, not the people who've made the film, which is probably unfair. But you're right; it happens, doesn't it? Yeah. If if a trailer can, the expectation is the first beat of the story almost with any film. So if they've 
told that wrong, then you can go in with completely the wrong. Yeah, it, it, and it is a pretty much a low. I don't know what the budget is, but I think it was. A, it's got to be not, small. It hasn't wasn't it? a huge budget film. No. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, um, I did. I did. Um, at horror, you know, I'm not a massive horror fan. You know, I don't consume it. I can watch one and then sort of. I don't need to watch one for a while because they're all quite. The problem is, it's all been. It's just the idea of horror is your. There's, there's, there's sort, of, sort of different ways of laughing, aren't there? You laugh because you agree with things. You laugh because you're shocked by something. Yeah. You laugh to um, cover awkwardness. Yeah. There's different. So when in comedy, there's sort of lots of different jokes and get different kind of laughter, and and fear. I think is a, a lot of it is something you're unexpected, and because each film. Cements the, uh, uh, the expectation. Yeah, the, 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 well, the, the tropes also, of horror we're yeah. so used to. By the time you're in your thirties or forties, you're just bored by you. Yeah, the but, the, but the... there is another side to horror than uh, than that, um, which is what uh, Alfred Hitchcock played with. He said, "Tell the audience something uh, that the protagonist doesn't know." And then they're just waiting for it to happen. So, you know, rather, it's not always unexpected. Sometimes, and they now do it in every horror film, large amounts of unlit space behind the protagonist that they're not looking at. That you, you're just waiting for something to come out of it because it's been framed as such that, uh, that you would see it if it did. And often, nothing comes out of it, but it just makes you, keeps you tense for the entire time. Yeah. And it's, you know, knowing something is going to happen, but not. You it's know, the same when I did when really you play video games. When I do video games where they, they you're controlling this character and half the screen's dark and you can't. Yeah, yeah. You almost want some there's a frustration. Horror not, video games are yeah. terrifying now. Absolutely terrifying. What was the one I played? Like, I can't remember. It was some weird sort of town thing. I've stopped playing. Them Silent like, Hill. Yeah, Silent Hill. Silent Hill with all the fog. They've, yeah. they've since made lots of movies out of those. And originally, the whole fog of Silent Hill was purely because uh, the computers weren't sophisticated enough to load the whole town. So. <laughs> So the fog was just to cover the fact it hadn't though. loaded yet. Great idea. And you had a radio that made weird noises when bad things were near. It was terrifying. Absolutely again. terrifying. The films are duff. Completely yeah. duff. But, well, I've only seen the first one, but it's pretty duff. Um, but, yeah. No, the, uh, Alien Isolation is the latest one that was sort of game of the year last year. Oh, okay. And it's in the Alien franchise. That is, It's really scary. It's really tense. You know, you, it's so tense. Anyway, uh, that actually segues me onto the news that came out this week, which is I uh, don't know if you've heard, uh, Neil Blomkamp is definitely on to direct the next Alien film, uh, but also Sigourney Weaver has signed up, and the most interesting, they're going to ignore Alien Three and Alien Resurrection as if they didn't happen. He's just going to do the third in the Alien Aliens Aliens's. Um, I feel bad for Alien 3. That's what people are saying. Yeah. yeah. But it's because Alien, the way Alien 3 began is that they just erased the end of Alien 2 by killing off Newt and... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone felt, oh, that's a bit of a... It's a bit cheap. Yeah. You know, because they, they, it undermines the victory of the previous one entirely. So it, it's interesting, though, because Prometheus was so disappointing. Blomkamp is very good at sci-fi... You know, hopefully, it's always turning into a choose your own adventure thing with these things. Yeah, yeah. There's so many films out there that spoil the original ones. You can just think, oh, actually, I want these ones to be my three alien, 
Yeah. At, well, the 28 million... Yeah, films. or ignoring the fourth Indiana Jones film, for instance, yeah. and pretending it never happened. Yeah, or well, even the third one I didn't really like. Yeah, did you not? Oh, I love it. Um, talking about... Um, I'm going back to the games thing, so I'm a bit all over the place today. Um, it's quite all right. Uh, the film I'm going to talk about, the documentary, minute, was recommended by a friend of the show, Dan Lowe, who um, said that he was talking... I met him the other day, he said he tried out the new uh, Google, the Oculus... Is it called Oculus? Oh, um, what? Which one? Google Glass or Oculus Rift? Oculus Rift thing. Ro- Oculus Rift VR helmet. Yeah. yeah. So the virtual reality helmet and virtual reality disappeared. You know, in the eighties when it was going to be this huge big thing, and then just went away. Do you remember that Craig Charles TV show that tried to be the Crystal Maze with virtual oh, reality? Yeah, before yeah. Before computers could really do it. <laughs> and now he said, he said to me, he tried it's amazing, and he made a really interesting point that it's going to lead to a change in um, what films are made, what media is made. And in fact, a lot of cinema will be, when we're talking about Silent Hill, you're much more, it's more scary when you're involved in this, playing this game yeah, yeah. through the fog, because it's you somehow... Well, you're right, it. and it's all going to go this way. There's a company called Telltale Games who are quite yeah. popular. They... Um, they do sort of interactive movies, really. They're yeah. all animated with games engines and stuff. There's no live-action footage. But they've done the Walking Dead series, and they've done a Game of Thrones one, and they've just signed a massive deal with Lionsgate. No one knows what they're going to do yet, but that's a huge you know, deal of this crossover between interactivity and film. Well, I said it's good. He said, oh, I agree with him, it's going to lead to a whole new spate of uh, POV films. Where you actually in the you're for the horror the genre that would yeah. be terrifying. Yeah, it would be, I mean that will completely make. Imagine putting them one of those headsets on and you move around. And you see, I suppose now when they're shooting things with 4K, and it's even getting better better than that, you can have the you can have this huge picture. You know, yeah, you can cut so you can see like an HD version of it and move your head around so they can film the yeah, yeah. the whole 4K size. So you can move around and see it all, but it's it's fascinating to uh, how that will change the film film industry. Yeah, because it's sort of making that crossover between films and games, which has happened with games moving into films, but actually you being watching in a different medium. Well, I've played games a long time, and I remember it being exciting when you got uh, cinematic live action footage in games for the first time. You know, of course, by today's standards, it was really pixelated and everything, but. For instance, in the Wing Commander games, the fact that instead of playing some sort of pixelated cartoon, you know, some version of, uh, you know, Mario or Lara Croft or whatever, you uh, you were you were Mark Hamill, you know, that that was you know before or after uh, after Star Wars, but I mean, it's uh, after the car accident. Okay, um, <laughs> and your wingman was Biff from uh, Back to the Future, and you know, just like and there were cut scenes with the two of them, and that's that's really fun. That was yeah. that was fun, and it it just made it more real. It actually helped that when the graphics weren't good to have these bits to make you feel like there was a world beyond these, you know, just sort of flickering polygons going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting because video games has just exploded since games consoles came around. So, the end of cinema, or is it? Um, should I talk about uh, the film I went to see? Maybe? Yeah, go ahead. This documentary. So this what was it, it was recommended my friend, my friend Dan Lowry. It's the best film we saw last year. It, it's called The Overnighters, and you may have read in the news about how oil prices are dropping and affecting all the consumer goods recently. I have not. Well, that's happening, and partly because of fracking. You've heard of fracking, yes? 
Well, this documentary follows um, a, a town called Williston in North Dakota, which is right up in the north of the States, where it was a, a town of 10,000 people and they've started fracking there and that's led to a huge swathe of poor, you know, unemployed Americans. Uh, a, a miniature gold rush, really. Right. Going to this small town to find jobs in the in the um, the new oil well the fracking sort yes. of field of it's natural field. gas fracking, yeah. But yeah where they're getting where people who've got uh, questionable pasts and can't find jobs right are suddenly able to get work three or four times the salary so they could get is it labour intensive then is it yeah, yeah a lot of people so this follows the um, the story of this pastor who runs this Lutheran church there and he's one of the few people who uh, he, he runs this overnight scheme where he allows all these men who arrive it is made pretty much all men without any money or work just desperate to try and find new jobs mm. he puts them up overnight in in the uh, in his church and in, 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 allows them to sleep in the car park and the locals uh, sort of turn, and he loses church members and they turn against the church because they think that uh, they're getting all these unsavoury characters earlier on before documentary started someone got a, a local teacher got murdered by two people travelling through so there's always animosity and so strangers basically outsiders yeah and he's a he's a man saying oh because I, I'm he's a very you know religious man He's he's got them sleeping in his own two people sleeping in his own home people with criminal records and stuff like that uh, but he believes you should extend the will of you know mm. people in need that's part of the church's core sentiment to help people yeah um it is absolutely fascinating because it feels really modern because it's like a it's a gold rush of this time when, when was it fr- filmed 2013 right uh and it's got an incredible twist in it the pastor is this you see all the all the torment he's going through and how he's torn between his people and what he thinks he should be doing uh, in terms of his religion. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was a it was quite red to see a documentary which is very zeitgeisty about what's happening right now. Yeah, and the bloke who made it just just heard about it. It's pretty much done by one guy. Went and started filming, going every two weeks, sleeping with the overnighters. Picking on two really? or three of these, not sleeping with them, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Done, and following some stories, yeah. And as there's, there's bits that get leaked out to the press, like what you know, whether he's harbouring sort of sex offenders and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. and the locals get and the local newspaper starts printing sort of details about people who uh, are staying with this church scheme. It's, it, as a project done by one man, I thought it was really great. I really enjoyed it. Where what's it called again? And it's called the Overnighters. It didn't really get released over here because I got recommended it last year, and they're, they're only showing in the states. And then finally, it's got released on iTunes. Is that the only place you can find? I could. Only, I just looked on there and I, and I watched it because I thought oh, I should really watch this th- this thing. Something that do- still doesn't seem to exist. I mean, uh, just just on a slight tangent, is any site that tells you every place this thing is legitimately available you know it feels like we're getting to the point where we need that you know yeah there are sites that do exist but they always uh are paid for by you know netflix or whatever to only funnel you in one direction there's nowhere that seems to be keeping an eye on you know in the uk you can get 
if you look up this film, that's available on iTunes, Blinkbox, and Amazon Prime. There's no, there's none. There's that'd nothing be brilliant. Like that. no, maybe we don't know about. But I think if, if it was on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, just go and watch the stuff. And I really want to pay for to watch even yeah, old stuff. Exactly. I want to go somewhere it's a non uh, sort of virus free not uh, no worries about going I go, don't want to steal stuff from people who tried I want to give people who made, to... made it money yeah. and there should be a way of doing that but I think it's all they want you to from there so there should be a way of doing it but I don't know what it is yeah. anyway sorry that's a slight tangent but they, they, this sounds very interesting yeah I give it seven marics I think it is um Someone's written on IMDb. This is a great film for fans of the Grapes of Wrath. It has got that sort of feel about it. For people going to this sort of desolate town, yeah, trying to make their fortune, and it all going wrong. And there's, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there's an undercurrent of you're sort of questioning the pastor and questioning his motivations, and you see the strain it puts on his wife and their family. Mm-hmm. And you try and think morally, what camp am I in? You know, I don't want... Is, is that sort of not in my backyard? Yeah, yeah. But you don't want your town ruined. But yeah. it's like a place completely changed by... Well, by fra- the yeah. promise of money, basically. Yeah. Sudden money, isn't it, as well? And, desp- and the desperate characters that leads to and how it can't cope. But I, I thought it was really interesting to sing almost like a... Yeah, something that happened 100 years ago being occurring again yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I thoroughly recommend... If you like a good documentary, you want to sing something a, a bit different... And it's something a bit. It's nice to see that story of America, which isn't the sort of isn't America great? Isn't the uh, you know, isn't it the greatest place on the earth? Where yeah, yeah. where a story that's sort of motivated by desperation and people sort of saying that America isn't this land of chance and opportunity anymore. It's just yeah, it's not. It's not that we you know. We uh, we like the idea of doing America down. Either. No, I it's think just, I, it's about time we had a bit of just. Honesty about. But I think you see the other side of it. And I think yeah. you see the reality of it, and I think it's very interesting. Yeah. So look, go on iTunes if you're fancy something something a bit different. Uh, the Overnighters, and well done to Jesse Moss, who pretty much made it himself. Great, great. All right. Well, that's us for this week. Um, if you'd like to email us and have your email read out on the show, then do so, dearfilmfandango at gmail you can also go to Facebook and talk to each other, including what your opinions about the Oscar winners were. That's facebook.com forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Marek Larwood. And we do all of this for free. So um, the only way we can continue to do this, uh, we can afford to do this, is uh, if you donate towards our running costs for the episodes you listen to. So if you'd like to do that, please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And to everyone who has, thank you very, very much. Thank you. And keep watching watching the the films. films. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.